Even when I don't see it, your work. Even when I don't feel it, your working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, never stop working. Yeah. Hallelujah. Because that's who you are. Yeah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Haggai chapter 2, Haggai chapter 2. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Haggai chapter 2 and verse number 3. If you have that, could you stand one more time for the reading of God's word? Haggai speaking to Zerubbabel, the governor of the district that Jerusalem is in. Remember, these are people that are in captivity that have been commissioned by the king of, of Babylon or Persia, which it would become known to rebuild the temple. Zerubbabel, again, is a leader of that area, a governor of that area. And he's also speaking to Joshua, the high priest. He says, who is left among you? that saw this house in her first glory. And how do you see it now? Turn to your neighbor and say, how do you see it now? How do you see it now? Is it not in your eyes in comparison of it as nothing? Let me translate that King James English. He's saying it's no comparison to what it was. Yet, now be strong, O Zerubbabel, saith the Lord, and be strong, O Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and be strong, all ye people of the land, saith the Lord, and work, for I am with you, saith the Lord of hosts, according to the word that I covenanted with you when you were when when you came out of Egypt, so my spirit remaineth among you. Fear ye not. For thus saith the Lord of hosts. Turn to your neighbor and said, The Lord said it. Yet once it is a little while, I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come, and I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts, and the glory of this latter house shall be greater than of the former, saith the Lord of hosts. And in all this place will I give peace, saith the Lord of hosts. Let us pray. God, we come before you. We thank you for your word. And Lord, we ask that your word go forth and minister to hearts and lives tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, Amen. You may be seated.
I want to preach to you on a thought tonight that came to me around 2 o'clock this morning. I was uh, had to work late last night, ended up staying with some family over in Ohio, and me and uh, one of my cousins were speaking until 2 o'clock in the morning about the things that God was just doing and things that we're seeing, and he didn't even know it, but the Lord just was speaking to me through our conversation. And I want to preach to you on this thought, the church that was and the church that is. The church that was and the church that is. Hear me tonight, verse number three, who is left among you that saw this house in her first glory? And how do you see it now? Is it not in your eyes in comparison of it as nothing? Again, to translate, he's saying it's really not comparable. The first house was prettier. It was nicer. It was elegant. It was, it was something to behold. Brother Wade, it stood out. It had impact. When Solomon built that first temple, people would come from other nations to see this wonder, this ancient wonder of the ancient world, to see what God had blessed David and now Solomon to build, David to prepare for, Solomon to build. It was something spectacular. And it was something that we read of in the book of Second Chronicles. It was, it was something that when it was dedicated, it was just something that was so powerful that it literally impacted an entire generation. You say, how do you know this? Because we see here in this verse number 3 of, of chapter 2 of Haggai, he's saying, is anyone here that remembers how it was? You say, where, where are you going with this? I, 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 want, I want to just lay some things out to you tonight that I believe the Lord has revealed to me. I, I can call on some people in this room tonight. I could call on Pastor. I could call on Sister Gloria. I could call on others tonight that, that I know and, and ask them about how church was. Anybody agree that we hear a lot how church was? We hear a lot about it, how church was. Especially in the Pentecostal ranks, we talk about how church was. Every time I, I, I speak to my father, and I'm not saying this condescendingly or at, at all, but he, brother Wade, is he's always saying, he's always saying how it was, how they were there in, in Germantown, Ohio, off of Route Four, just just north of Germantown, and and there was times that people would be slain in the spirit so much so that that one time that they called the fire department because it was it was reported there was smoke coming from the top of the building and and they remember the firefighters banging on the door trying to to get in for some reason the doors wouldn't open and the reason the doors wouldn't open is because people were slain out in front of the doors and the elders walking all over top of people just to get to the door so they could let them in because the glory was so thick in that. I, I, I've heard those stories. I, I've heard stories of, of people being prayed for and, and, and their tonsils swelling up and, and, and them losing their, their, their breath. And then the church would pray and they would spit up their tonsils. You say, what is this? What are you talking about? We talk so often how the church was. And listen, I, I want you to know that 
that the church that was was a church, and I'll just be very plain, it was a church that was full of power. It was. People can say what they want. I could go to my grandmother right now, and I would trust her prayers almost more than anybody's. Because she's seen and she had tasted and she knows what the true authentic move of God is. There's just something unique about her spirit that, that I, I find myself always, uh, when, when we're talking and, and conversing with one another, we always begin to talk about the things of God, the things of the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's just in her DNA. It's, it, it's something that's ingrained in her. Uh, because just like this generation that we're reading about, uh, when, when, when Haggai is saying, has anyone seen how it was? Uh, she saw what it was. They know what it's like to hear tongues and interpretation, to, to, to experience the Shekinah glory coming into the sanctuary. That, that old men and, and old women would have dreams and visions and prophesy and, and, and teach the young women and the young men. And we would see all these, they, they saw these things. But again, in verse 3, he says, you saw how it was. See it now. You say, well, he's about to get really negative. I'm not going to leave you on a negative note. He says, now you see it now. And he said, it is not comparable. It, 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 it doesn't look like it did. The gold, for some reason, doesn't seem to shine like it used to. And everything doesn't seem to be the way it used to be. And I know it's not far-fetched to say that that is the way in the American church that we talk about what God did in the 70s, the 60s, the 50s, what God did at the turn of the century in the early 1900s, uh, what God did in the Second Great Awakening, what God did in, in the First Great Awakening. We could talk about all these things uh, about how the church was and, and people talk about how good it was and how great it was. And, and I love to hear those stories. I've been listening to old preachers all week long and, and I love to hear them. I, I there's just a unique anointing about them. I, I, I'm drawn to those things and I enjoy those things. But I want us to be very clear tonight. What was is not what is. And what was is not coming back. But I want to be very clear. I'm not saying we have to live in the past. Don't get me wrong. But we need to revisit the old past as the Bible and the scriptures say. Because there was something unique about those old folks that are going home and being with the Lord. Because they knew how to get hold of God. They knew that there was something. There was a greater glory that needed to be experienced. They, they knew and they still know that the church needs revival. It needs restoration. But I want you to know what was is not what is. Church was. Church is. I'll be very plain with you tonight. Again, I'm, I'm not going to leave you on a negative note. I will leave you on a positive note. I promise you this, but I'm going to be real with you. It's almost that we've seen in the last two decades in the American church that we've went through an identity crisis and everybody's trying to figure out in the church who they are, what type of church they want to be and, and it, it, what's going on in the nation is, is, well, should we do this? Should we do that? Should we sing this type of music? Should we sing that type of music? What, 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 we, we know there's, there's a different generation coming up. Uh, everything's a little bit different now. Uh, I understand those things, but I, I, what I want you to realize is the church uh, seems to be like it's 
negativity and chaos uh, that, that, that nobody really knows uh, where we're going. We should just come to church and, and that's all there is. I want you to know uh, that church is a refilling station. Uh, but you are the church outside these four walls. Uh, and that God wants to bring a glory and a power and anointing to your life. Uh, but I want you to realize this as well. Uh, that, that, that it's not what it was. But I'm telling you, uh, what we see that it is, uh, it's not what God says it is. See, what are you talking about? I could, I could stand up here all day and, and, and other people could stand up all day and we can nitpick and pick apart the American church when we're not dedicated and we're too busy. And I want you to know that most of those things are absolutely true. Lord told, told me a few years ago, he said, I would love to bring revival, but my church don't have time for it. So we're too busy. So we're doing everything else. I'll just be honest with you. But here, here's what I want you to understand tonight. Uh, those things may be true, but I want you to know that God still has a plan. Christ still has a plan for his church. Uh, and he says, this is what my church really is. It is a city uh, that is set upon a hill. Uh, it is a light to the world. Uh, it is something that is established upon a rock. Uh, it is something that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. Uh, you say, well, I hear those things. Uh, you preach about those things. Uh, but I'm here to tell you and challenge you tonight uh, that you can live in those things. Uh, you can be confident. Uh, you can be bold. Uh, you can be spirit-filled. Uh, you can worship. Uh, you can be exuberant. Uh, you can be quiet. Uh, it doesn't matter how how you are, but I know this, God can still use you to be the church that he truly wants it to be, the church that is what he says it is, not what this world says that it is, because we live in a culture where we allow other people's opinions to mold who we are, but I want to inform you, the world is not the potter, Christ is. The church is trying to, 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 to fit in in a carnal mold, but the church is not something that can be carnal. You say, well, I'm in the church and I'm carnal. No, your spirit, your soul. What the church has done is we say, well, we need, to, we need to mold it this way. Worship needs to look like this and the preaching needs to look like this and altar needs to look like this and children's programs need to look like this. I want you to understand, uh, I'm all for having those things. Uh, I'm all for promoting those things. Uh, but I want you to know what I want back uh, more than anything is the glory. You know what I want back more than anything is conviction. tired of people saying I'm offended no you're not really offended you're convicted well you shouldn't be mean no I'm not being mean you're offended you're offended because you're really convicted listen the Lord offends me all the time Jay don't do that I want to don't do it but God I enjoy it don't do it well God there's nothing wrong with it but does it profit you Listen, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't get saved so I could dictate to God what he should do with my life. Hear me tonight. I'm going to get off my soapbox here in a little bit. But he said, who left among you solid as it was? Listen, let me just tell you a little something how it was. I, I, I'll go back here and I, I'll come back to how it is. 
Because I'll tell you, and you've heard me preach the last few months, the Lord has just been dealing with me over and over and over again on worship. I just can't get away from it. You're just going to have to listen to, to me repeat myself. But I'll tell you this. Back, back, back in, in the day, as, as the old men would say, back in the day, son, back when it was good, back when life was easy, you know, back in those days, when, when we didn't care about how much lard mama put in the green beans. I tell you this, they, I, I thought it was so funny. I'll just tell you a little side story here. But I, I, I thought it was so funny. My, my mom would say, now eat your greens. It's good for you to eat your greens. And I'm like, mom, I just saw you put a tablespoon of lard in that, of pig fat. How is that good for me? But that's how it was. That's just how they were raised. That's how it was. But you say, what does this have to do with worship? Uh, Let me tell you how it was. Uh, That our our brothers and sisters in the Lord, my grandparents, uh, they they, they used to call them holy rollers. I remember my father going into into school and he would tell me this story. There was times that he would go into school uh, and he would be exhausted because they were at church till one in the morning. And people say, what, what, well, what, he'd come in on a Monday off, off a Sunday night service. Uh, and they would ask, did you go out and party? Did you do that? And he said, no, I was laying in the altar. And they would just make fun. You holy roller. Uh, you guys are nuts. You Pentecostals are crazy. Uh, you've lost your mind. Uh, here's what I want to say. Uh, is we live in a culture where it's easy to look back on them uh, and say, well, they did this wrong and they did that wrong. Uh, and we can nitpick them just like they can nitpick us. Uh, but here's what I want you to understand. They may have acted crazy. But at least they knew who they were. My grandma can't sing a song without shouting. But guess what? She don't care what you think because she knows the God she serves. She don't care about your opinion because you can't give her identity. She knows who she is. That's how church was. People may say, Jay, just just leave it be. Listen, I will not apologize. I want to read these portions of Scripture to you one more time. I've read verse number three enough. But catch verse four. Because this is how church should be. This is how church is according to Scripture. But in verse four, yet now be strong. I'll tell you, we're in a time where where we, we see that people are weak. I'll just be honest with you. I've been weak. We can't take nothing. We can't get a front parking spot and we think that the devil's fighting us. We are insane. Let me be honest with you. I couldn't get my coffee this morning. The enemy's just gunning for me and I'm just so upset because I couldn't buy my $5 coffee and the devil's just on my case. I want you to know, be strong. I'm up here preaching, acting crazy, and there's not any caffeine in my body. I'm just being honest with you. I'm not here to to harp on anybody. But he says, listen, uh, if you want to be the church that is first, uh, be strong. And he he addresses Zerubbabel. Okay, leadership. Be strong. Now he's talking to the priest, Joshua. Joshua, be strong. But now he's talking to the congregation. And he says, all the people, be strong. Listen, I'm just going to lay it out here. This world, according to Scripture, is going to get worse and worse and worse. And you hear us say all the time that our best days are before us, not behind us. You know why? Because pastor knows. I know what the church is, what it really is. 
And I know that times are going to get harder, but it's time for us to get into the spiritual weight room and say, I'm going to get stronger. My prayer life's going to get stronger. My marriage is going to get stronger. My relationship with my children are going to get stronger. My relationships with my friends are going to get stronger. My, my relationship with the Lord's going to get stronger. He says, be strong. All ye people of the land, saith the Lord, and work. And work. Hear me. And work. I had a pastor talk. I was talking to him today. He, he said, I, I'll just be honest with you. He said, I'm, I, I, I'm going to address some things in my church tonight. And he said, I know the Lord has given me these things to say. He said, but I'm sick and tired of hearing parents tell me that all this stuff that they're pushing in schools is garbage. He said, which it is. He said, they'll tell me it's garbage. He said, but I can't get anybody to teach kids in Sunday school. This is a pastor in another state saying, listen, I need people to work. And listen, I, I, we, we have a good core group of people here. We got a good people that volunteer. I understand that. Uh, but I'm saying, do you ever think about the fact that God may require even more? I want you to know this. Uh, if he's requiring more out of you, you better believe he's requiring more out of us. Because here's the deal. If I want to be full of his glory, I got to be hungry for it first. But this pastor said, I have to, I have to tell them. Uh, they have the boldness to look and say, oh, oh pastor, we, 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 we hate this garbage in the public schools. We hate what was being taught to our children. And he said, but I have nobody that is willing to teach the children. Have you ever thought that you may be the solution to a problem? Because that's the difference in how the church was. How many, Glory, you remember your Sunday school teachers? Pastor Ronnie, you remember your Sunday school teachers? Didn't they have a profound impact on your life? I can remember my Sunday school teacher, Sherry Newsom, man. She just, she was awesome. An amazing lady of the Lord. And served in Sunday school ministry for 20 plus years. You know how many lives she impacted? And do you realize that even though she was my Sunday school teacher for, for about a, a decade, uh, that, that my ministry goes on her account? Because how it was needs to be how it is. I'm not saying it's going to be a, a replica. I'm not trying to replicate anything. I'm just trying to, just to teach us here for a minute because I want you to realize, I, I tell these young people all the time, someone needs you. Someone's watching your life. Someone needs what you have. Someone needs to see your peace when, you're, when all hell's breaking loose in your life. Someone needs to see that. But he says, in verse 4, he says, be strong. Be strong. Be strong and work. I am with you, says the Lord of hosts. Verse 5, according to the word that I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt, so my spirit remaineth among you. Fear ye not. Let me tell you, I've spent a lot of time talking about how the church was. Verse 6, this is how the church is. This is what I want to tell you tonight. You may think, oh, well, it was this, and, 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 and it may feel like your life's falling apart, but here's what I want you to This is what the church is. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, yet once it is a little while, I will shake the heavens. 
So what, what, what are you getting at? What I'm saying is, is that what God was saying to this group of people is it may not look like it was, but just wait. Because this house is going to get a hold of God and God will shake the heavens. He says, I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. They can come to the music tonight. I will shake all nations and the desire of all nations shall come and I will fill this house with glory. Hear me tonight. You've heard my soapbox speeches, but what God says in his word, I want to say to you tonight, he will fill this house with glory. But you know what? He doesn't even mention filling the house with glory until he says, be strong, be strong, be strong and work. Heard a, a young man in Tennessee say this today. He said, a lot of people want the power of prayer and the benefits of prayer, but very few people want to go through the process. We have a consumer mentality. We consume, we consume, we consume, we consume. Feed me, feed me, feed me. But hear me. I know the church that was, was good. I thank God for how I was raised. I thank God for the elder saints. I thank God for that. And my wife may wear makeup and not have a beehive. But I want you to hear me. The church that is can still see the glory. Because I tell you right now, I just feel like the enemy has just brought on this pit of despair that people feel like we're just climbing, we're just climbing. I want you to understand this. The Bible tells us not to be weary and well-doing for we will reap when we faint not. I want, you to, I want you to give you an example of that. Jesus looks at three disciples. He looks at Peter, James, and John. He says, okay, I'm going up to this mountain. We're going to go up and we're going to pray. They climb, they climb, they climb, they climb. They get up there. And, and, and Peter, James, and John begin to fall asleep. But that's when the glory, Jesus, they call it the Mount of Transfiguration. Jesus begins to transform. You see, what are you saying is don't get so tired from the climb that you miss out on the glory. You can get so wore out in this journey. That's why, that, that you, you understand why the, the importance of having a church and having a fellowship is so I can, I can come along, Chris, and say, you know what, Chris, you're going to make it. Let's keep climbing. And you know, there's going to be days that Chris is going to look at me. Come on, let's go. Let's keep climbing. Why? Because there's still glory up there. I know what the church was. But I know what it is. I know what it is today. You know why I know what it is today? Not only because scripture tells me, but because my God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Come on, Jackson. I'm glad someone's excited about Jesus. Because I want you to, I just want you to understand this. Peter stands up on the day of Pentecost. And I know I referenced the day of Pentecost, but to me, we, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the day of Pentecost. And he stands up and he begins to preach. And you know what he says? The first statement out of his mouth after he's, when he begins his message, he says, we're not drunk. But then he says, this is that. He didn't say this was that. 
He said, this is. He didn't, not past tense, present tense. This is that. You ever looked at a a menu? I I, I heard a a, a bishop, an overseer of the church of God of prophecy. He's a general overseer for all North America. Brother Coulter preached a message years ago. And he said, you ever looked on a menu? You're like, man, that looks good. And then Crystal, you get it, and it's like, that's not what I ordered. This is not that. He said, do you realize that that's been going on with the church for years? We've been saying, we're this, we're this, we're this. And he said, but this is not that. I want you to understand that people can say this is that because the glory's coming. But you got to keep climbing. He said, be strong, be strong, be strong and work. Then I will shake. When they called them holy rollers, they called them holy rollers because they shook and they rolled on the ground. But I want you to know there's a shaking coming and it's not only a shout. And it's not only enthusiasm. And it's not only expectancy. I want you, I'll just tell you right now, I want this church to be an expectant church. I want you to come in on Sunday and you you don't need me to, to, to pump you up at all. You don't need me to open service. You can just start worshiping on your own. I would love that. That would be great. I want expectancy so high that that pastor doesn't doesn't have to say, come on, come on, get behind me, come on. No, I I want people on their feet saying, I receive the word. So what you're asking for, pastor, is not realistic. Don't tell me it's not realistic. Brother Warren, I thank God for what it was. But I want you to know I thank God for what it really is. Not what the world says it is, but what the true church really is. I want you to understand when they're building this temple, a remnant rose up and said, we'll work. I tell you, there's going to be churches that will go downhill. I hate to tell you that. I don't want to see that. But there's going to be churches that go downhill. But I pray and I believe and I I really believe that we're going to see it soon. The remnant's going to just keep rising to the surface. And they're going to say, we'll be strong. We'll work. And we'll see the shaking. And we'll experience the glory. Because what what does Haggai end this prophecy with? This little segment of scripture that we're reading, he says the glory of this house, the house that that people were disappointed in. Mary, if we'll be honest, it sounds like they were disappointed in it. He says it's not even worthy to be compared in looks to how it was. But this church, he said this, this, this now church, this is church, they'll experience the shaking, they'll experience the glory, And not only will they experience the glory, the glory will be greater in this house than in the was church. Do we still believe that? I believe that. Stand with me tonight. Hear me. Hear me. Hold up, Okosai. 
Rororobokosi. Oh, Jesus. You hear me? The enemy's come after your joy. He's come after your peace of mind. And he's come after many of your, your bodies. You feel tired. You don't know why you feel the way you feel. But hear me tonight. Can we be like we preached about last week? Can we be unbroken? I'll tell you what. Y'all going to have to pray for this preacher. Because I come in and I begin to pray and I'll just be very transparent with you. I feel indignation. I get mad. Because I see the people of God believing a lie and saying this is how it is. This is how it is. We're just going to go to church. The worship team's going to sing the same songs. Pastor Ronnie's going to preach the same messages. And we're just going to go home and it's going to be the same. I want you to know that is a lie. And it makes me mad that the enemy could convince us of such a thing. And I felt, I'm just being honest, I feel, I've felt indignation. Because I know what his word says it is. And I look at these young people and I look at the, the, the elders in this house and I see that there is an is church. And I'll be honest with you. When we begin to sing and worship, when the word begins to go forth and the altar call is given, I want to see the spirit move every time. I don't want to live from good service to good service. I'm sick of it. My, my daughters don't need that. My daughters need an encounter. And this world is so unpolitical. They, they don't apologize, Brother Warren, for throwing their garbage at our children. They don't apologize for it. Unapologetic. But we're afraid what well, we might offend. Listen, I'll do it in love. It's got to be in love. It's got to be in humility. But listen, I love you enough to tell you the truth. That if they're not going to apologize, I'm not going to apologize. I'm not going to apologize for worshiping, for shouting, for preaching, for teaching, for raising my children in a godly way. I'm not going to apologize for that. Because there's a church that is and a church that was. And here's what you need to know. They were both full of glory. And I want to see it. And I want to experience it. And I want your children to see it. And I want your children to experience it. The church that was and the church that is. I'll leave you with this. Isaiah 62. For Zion's sake, I will not hold my peace. For Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest. Until righteousness therefore go forth as brightness. And salvation therefore as a lamp that burneth. He says in verse number 2 of Isaiah 62, And the Gentiles shall see thy righteousness, and all the kings thy glory, and thou shalt be called by a name 
a new name, which the mouth of the Lord shall name. And thou shalt also be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord, and a royal diadem in the hand of thy God. And thou shalt no longer be termed forsaken. Neither shall thy land any more be termed desolate, but thou shalt be called a new name. And, the, and thy land beautiful, for the Lord delighteth in thee, and thy land shall be merry. I know there's people out there that probably wish that the church would shut up. I, I listened to a man last night working with political leaders across the world that said Christians need to learn to get out of the way. They're holding back progress. Wicked, evil man. I'll just tell you what I saw. Sister Crystal was evil. He mocked God. Mocked people that believed in God. And he said, our new God is going to be technology. And we're going to change the world forever. I would love to see that young man and tell him, I will not apologize for being the glue that holds this world together. So church, I'm going to call us to a place of prayer. You may say, I don't know what to pray about. Just pray that God, I want us to be a church that is. That is full of the glory. In the old times, they would bring their sick to the church. Because when they were sick, there was the church. When they were afflicted, there was the church. When they needed hope, there was the church. When they needed direction, there was the church. Again, there was. I want it to be, there is a church. When people are going through it, I want them to call like they call all of you we get prayer requests. We pray for people. I want them to say the church is still powerful. The church is still needed. So I just call us to a place of prayer and say, God, I thank you for what was, but God, I want what is. So come tonight, whether at your seat, but I would really love for you to come to these altars and say, God, I want what is. I want the latter house to be greater than that of the former. I want glory. I want power. Matthew 7 and 7 says, Ask and it shall be given to you. Ask, it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be open to you. Hallelujah.